Hello and welcome to episode 87 of the Sunny 16 podcast. Can you believe that this is still going? Because I certainly can't. Um, That's aid. Oh, that is aid. Can you believe? Right. Oh, God damn it. Let's just start again. And welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast, what promises to be an absolute peach of an episode. Um, <laughs> we've got everybody here this evening who needs to be here. We've got Rachel here. Say hi, Rach. Hello. We've got Aid here. Say hi, Aid. Hello. And bestest of all, we've got Hamish Gill here. Say hi, Hamish. Huh? <laughs> Great. Um, yeah, we've got a real full house and we've got loads of stuff to talk about tonight. It's show 87. Um, we're still going, guys. 87 shows. And last week we had we did release the awesome... What did we go with for the title of that? And, and women of Photography? Women of... Women of Analog? We- women of... Yes. Women of Analog. One of those. Some of those. Yes. Anyway, we're still yeah. we're still working on it. We're still working on a title. Yeah. If you have any ideas as to uh, what we should call it, no, should we open that up? I don't know if we should open that up. <laughs> yeah, please, for, no, um, please do. Yeah. If you've got ideas, preferably if you're a woman and you've got a good idea for a title, because um, Aid and I tried coming up with someone, they were all very very bad, weren't they? <laughs> They really were. <laughs> no, they were all very, very funny, but not suitable for sharing. <laughs> and also mostly only funny to us. So, um, so yeah, if you've got if you've got some good ideas for the Women of Analog um, show title, because we need one, because it's going to come back, because it was awesome, and we want more of those. Um, so, do you know what I have to say? Having looked, because I look after the show's Twitter account, the mm. most positive response we've ever had to any show was for that show by a million miles. Oh, yeah. that's so lovely! Thank you for letting me know. And yeah, we did have some really nice feedback. I didn't, I hadn't had a chance to see all of it, but um, there was one that I saw as a post from Christine Panic on our Facebook uh, page, and she said, "Totally enjoyed the first Women on Film. More, please." So that was very nice of her. Um, yeah, lovely. It was it was great to chat to uh, Isabel and to Tina. So uh, yeah, hopefully we'll do some more. I'm glad that it's had such a nice feedback. Yeah, there was a lot of very positive talk. And really, the only way we could follow that was by getting a, a super high-caliber celebrity to join us on the show, which is why you're here, Hamish. So you better have brought your A-game tonight because people are going to be really expecting you to you know, meet up to the standards set by Rachel, <laughs> Tina and Isabel last week. <laughs> I hope you've got I it I brought in my you. glass of whiskey, as usual. Ah, good, good. Glad to hear it. So, Hamish, let's start with something nice and easy because this only happened yesterday, so you probably haven't <coughs> forgotten about it yet. You've just started, inspired by um, when we had Rob Knight on a few weeks ago. You've just started a new project. What are you up to? <coughs> yeah, unremarkable architecture. Building it, shooting it. <laughs> yeah, I've got some Lego. I've got some Lego for Christmas, so I'm uh, I'm going 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 balls out with a Lego. <laughs> um, well, it, it, I took some photos bef- before Christmas. Was it before Christmas? Yeah, before Christmas. Me and a mate, a couple of mates went out just as a thing to do type, you know, wandering around town taking some pictures. <clears throat> um, with t- at least two of us had cameras with shift lenses. Because I've been meaning to take my Nikon out for for ages. Um, I bought a shift lens ages ago to go on to uh, Hasselblad Xpan because they've got the the shift lenses have got the bigger imaging circle, so you can use a 35mm Nikon shift lens on an X-Pan and get wider than the 45mm without having to spend a fortune on the Hasselblad 30mm, if that makes any sense. Um, so, yeah, I went out with that, and my mate James went out with his... Um, he's got a fancy Canon 24mm, I think. 
and uh, I didn't really think anything of it. Well, I took some film. So Kodak Alaris sent me some film a while ago, or not long ago, um, and said, you know, well, they got in touch and said, what films, have, what films haven't you tried of ours, which was most of them. Um, and then they sent me all this film. So I happened to stick this roll of film uh, of, T, was it T-Max, 400 T-Max in, in the Nikon with the shift lens on. Went out and taking some photos, didn't develop them for ages, um, and then got them back about a week ago. And must have been within days, either days before or days after, a couple of days after hearing the the Rob, what's his name, Rob Knight mm-hmm. show. And uh, it sort of clicked. I was like, I can, this is, I could actually, I could actually do that. Because I really like architectural photography. I do a bit of it at work. Um, interior and architectural stuff for like holiday lets and hospices I did a couple and other bits and pieces like that and I, I really enjoy it because it's it's quite it's quite sort it's quite a, I find it quite a calming thing to do because you you know it's just about getting well the way I'm doing it, it's about getting verticals verticals and you really can really just stand and think about the composition for a bit and get it exactly as you want it um so I find it satisfying in that sense and then got these shots back and 400 T-Max just, just look amazing. Um, I've been fretting for a while that my scanner's not particularly sharp. Well, I've, got, I've got this T-Max back and I think my, I don't think there's anything wrong with my scanner. Um, yeah, so just really like photos and, and thought I can probably let me, I can probably do this and make this into some sort of little project. And then I just, yeah, as I say, here in the show, it was like, you just that, Rob, it just, I don't know. He made he made it make sense. It wasn't so much that he said anything. As I, as I said in the post on my blog, it wasn't so much that he said anything particularly new. It was just it just made sense. It was hearing the right message at the right time. If that makes any sense. Is this the first project you've actually taken? I mean, obviously you're always working and doing work projects, but is this the first personal project thing that you've actually tackled? Um, it's the first thing I've put a name to. Yeah. It's the first thing that I've gone right. I'm gonna. I've got. I tried to do this in a in a sort of really half half fast way on my <laughs> Tumblr. I've got a hamishgill.tumblr.com, I think it is, and I tried to kind of categorise my photos, and it kind of worked. And I, it, the sort of motivation then was to kind of have my Tumblr as the place where I was going to put the photography that I actually liked. Whereas, because I, I just put so much crap on my Flickr and so much crap on the blog that's just about showing the lens or, ca- or a camera or, or whatever, it's it's not necessarily good photography. It's just snaps. So I, you thought I'd use this Tumblr to organise my photos into into sort of sets, and 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 that in itself would feel more like kind of making my photos into projects, if you see what I mean. But I didn't. Mm. It, there wasn't <laughs> any. There wasn't any kind of motivation behind it. You're and right, Hamish. Said, that does sound really half-assed. It was really half-assed, yeah. And somebody said um, on my on in a, in a comment, I've had a really interesting comment from a chap, actually, funnily enough, who's taking photos up in Birmingham of similar uninspiring architecture or whatever. Um, and he was saying the best thing about doing it as a project is that it just gives you a little bit more direction when you're out taking photos whatever. and I find my I'm quite un, I, I don't really have a lot of direction and there's a whole other set that I've there's a whole other project that I think I can put together that's I've got this idea I, I really like taking photos if I street photography I'm not particularly good at or interested in but if I do it I quite like finding individual people 
in spaces that ordinarily would be quite busy that are just you know like having a cigarette or taking a moment out or perhaps just framed by a bit of building or something I mean, it's nothing particularly you know life-changing <laughs> not that good um especially not street photography but i like that i like that kind of sort of peace and quiet in what is ordinarily a really busy space if you see what i mean so that's a whole other set that i'm going to start bringing together i think um, i like the idea of that actually hamish because i when i've been when i used to work in london and i used to take a lot of photos in london i found i was always you know drawn to to slightly quieter scenes trying to make order out of the chaos of, it, exactly of city that, life yeah. and stuff like that it's quite quite challenging actually in a way yeah well we did when when i went down um at the end of last summer um for i did a like a workshop thing for some um i can't remember how i ended up doing it now anyway i did it and we wandered around um Covent garden i think it was and it was a bit where I kind of got everybody to go off and take some photos for one reason. I can't even remember what I was, what I told them to do now. But I, I, the Covent Garden, you know, obviously, is it Covent Garden where the Apple Shop is? Uh, one of the, one of them is in Covent Garden. Yes, yes. It's like really big. It's really big, and it's got like archways in front of it. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually the small one, but yeah. Okay, fine. <laughs> the big one's on Regent Street, but no, it is Covent Garden. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I go to London as infrequently as I can get away with. Um, but they, so this, I was just trying to find these moments. I mean, it's just so many people there everywhere. And I managed to get, I think, two or three shots. I got one chap just, I think he's smoking on his phone at the end of the row of archway things. And then I got another guy, kind of this like subframe thing with this guy just walking past. Um, really satisfying because there was just loads of people everywhere so just having those moments where you you know get to frame out the people and just have is that's it's i find that satisfying well i'll tell you what if you are if you could manage to isolate individual subjects in covent garden um you're a better street photographer than you give <laughs> yourself credit for <laughs> well let's have a look on i think they're on my Insta, my Insta, my my Insta, the instagram that i take photo that i put photos of things rather than cameras or photo you know photos rather than pictures of cameras that's got way less followers obviously because because it's got photos not, on it <laughs> it's got photos not just pictures of kit but if you go on there um there i haven't i don't put much on it but there's what are we sort of six or seventh eighth photo and ninth photo down it's the two two photos i've just talked about what's your handle for that um just, hamish? It's just, ha just hamish gill okay g-i-l-l yeah, this, yeah, this is a really good time of year for. I mean, just starting new stuff like that. there is something about the new year clicking over, and we talked about it with Rob, but um, of just like, yeah, come on, you know, it, it's dark, but the lights are starting to get long when you start looking forwards. Um, I was very lucky. I spent my weekend with the lovely Rachel up in Liverpool, um, and had an <laughs> awesome time up there. And one of the things that Rachel showed me whilst we were up there was this collection of um box brownies that you've got not box but the, but box cameras mm, you've got, like, yeah and because that's the thing that you're thinking of doing this year isn't it rach yes um I, it it kind of came to me before we actually spoke to robert ham from the ham and camera company and uh and i've been thinking about obviously this has been about six months that i've been doing the podcast with you guys now I think just had my six month anniversary. Wow. 
Um, right. I thought it's longer than that. Uh, no, no, just, thanks, just Aid. Feels <laughs> like it, doesn't Well, I have been on the podcast obviously pre- prior to that um, as well, so maybe that's why it feels like it's uh, it's been longer. But actually, as co-host with yourselves, it's been six months uh, just over. So, um, so I kind of thought, well, I missed out on on the project that you you guys did last year. Obviously, Aid, you did your chain reaction, and Graham, you did your myopic me. Um, and I thought, well, it would be nice to do something that I, I kind of like have as like a six month project. So I was thinking about it and came up with the idea of maybe using some of these box cameras that I have laying around, lying around. Um, and perhaps that being my project that at some point I would put a roll of film in each of them and try shooting with them and make that a project that was sort of solely focused on box cameras not necessarily box brownies but that type of of camera um so yeah so that was that was my thought and i i got them all out and i lined them up on the uh, on the kitchen table ready so that you could have a quick look at them um and graham took one apart and uh, i still haven't managed to get the the, the uh uh, roll back in <laughs> I, put it to, I put that back together just don't you blame me for that that wasn't my fault you put it back together minus the roll <laughs> anyway have you got got, like some ideas in mind for what you want to shoot with that i mean obviously you 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 know you want to shoot with the box cameras but have you got an idea about what the subject subject matter yeah i hadn't really thought about it i I guess it would be like hamish was saying he he really enjoys architecture it's one of the things that i've always just naturally been drawn to um interesting different kinds of architecture and obviously liverpool's very very good for that you know um it's got a big variety of uh, of different types of architecture from different eras um you know we've got from like brutalists and we've got 60s buildings and we've got, obviously got um georgian uh, lovely georgian quarter and things um and uh, and so it, it offers kind of like a range um obviously without them having the high enough sort of shutter speeds and what have you um it means that it's probably not going to be one I'll use for my cheap shots challenge camera. Um, as I've also, I've already uh, decided what I'm going to use that for. But I think maybe architecture, it feels like that would be a, a good one for me to do as my first sort of challenge, like slightly longer term project challenge, if you like, um, uh, to, to take a subject matter um, that I feel more comfortable with. So I think I'll probably concentrate on architecture. Could you, given, I mean, and yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with that. The architecture around Liverpool is kind of amazing. The, the um, cathedral in particular, <laughs> holy mm. moly, that's a, that's a big building. Um, <laughs> but could you, like, maybe um, try and shoot stuff that's relevant to the era of the camera? Would that be a thing, given the, the, the huge diversity? Could you kind of mm. go, well, like, this camera's from this particular time period. Let's go and find some stuff that fits with this. And yeah. I, I love that idea, and and I'm I'm all for kind of using those cameras, um, you know, as sort of like a little anchor of of some sort of social history. So it's nice to be able to go, oh, match that up maybe with the building from around the the year that it was built, perhaps. So we were looking at, on lots of buildings. We've got you know the the year they were built and what have you, and you're going right from like 1855 and um, 1903 and that kind of thing. So um, I'm sure that I'd be able to you know looking at the different 
variety of architecture that's around be able to pick out um other other ones that are around because i think the one that you sort of like took apart that was a very early one wasn't it it You're was making um, me sound i think bad. it said oh, am i i didn't say you broke it well i hope you haven't broken it um but i think the it's, rarest it's, and most yeah. valuable in the connection yeah. <laughs> bloody jeremy comes along <laughs> this and um, starts smashing things i think I think it said 1903, didn't it, or something on the on the painting? It did, yeah. On it, yeah. yes. Um, so a very early one with some like black velvet inside and what have you. So, um, so yeah, there's a building that I know that says 1903 on the building. So I might go along and shoot that with that same camera. That would be quite cool. I like that idea. Thank you. Yeah, I do. Because I, I, when we were out walking, you a lot of the stuff you were clearly drawn towards because we took cameras with us obvs because it'd be rude not to <laughs> despite the fact that um my bet half was um, i mean i wouldn't say thrilled but um uh, <laughs> she, she in fairness she got less thrilled as the day went on but we'll get to that later um but um yeah i could see that you you're and, and i was as well because the architecture is so striking but you you were taking a lot of pictures of the architecture and stuff there um i went out with um, we took a few cameras, but the one that I sort of really want to take out and, and try out was my Kiev. Um, I can't remember what the. Is there another bit on that name? You'll know, Hamish. Is it? Is it just a Kiev something or other? <coughs> I don't know which one is it. It's the worst. Well, it's the <laughs> Kiev. I can't even see where it is now. It's somewhere. It's a Kiev. It's the, it's the range finder. Is it? Is it in my living in my living room? <laughs> no, you didn't no. leave it, did you? Is it a range finder? Yeah, it's the range finder. Yes. Right. What the was it got um, a Jupiter eight on it? Yes. Is it a Kiev four? Yeah, that'd be the one. Yeah, it's a Kiev four. It's who's going to remember a four? So I took this out, and the reason I wanted to take the Kiev out because I knew you were coming on, and there's been a conversation that we've been kind of waiting a while to have because back in October, October, about then, you lent me a Leica M three, which was very brave of you. <laughs> And I didn't break it, um, which was very good of me. Um, but you lent me this, like, which is thank one. Thank you very much for that. Um, and um, and I wanted to, you know, obviously I shot a roller film through it ages ago, and um, I thought I, I want to because I don't shoot with rangefinders uh, at all much. Really, I thought okay, well, I want to get out and get something as a comparison point for this before we speak tonight. So I thought, well, the Kiev is the closest thing to a Leica I've got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, the key, the Kiev, the Kiev. I think it's the four A, which is the one without. Has it got a meter on top or not? No, it doesn't. No. No. So it's pop, and it's has it got um, a really long rangefinder base? Has it got the rangefinder window in the that sort of far cor- far opposite corner to the viewfinder? Yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a four A or four AM or four A. I think. Well, we got the show title, haven't we, for this week? It's guest the Kiev. <laughs> yeah. It's just feel like some sort of weird game show at the moment. <laughs> 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 yeah. I gotta admit, I'm on the edge of my seat wondering which one it is. <laughs> is it the 4A or is it the 4AM? Anyway, carry on, Hamish. Get to the point. So I will I... check our Instagram account because you took a photo of the bloody camera, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, so that's the, <laughs> yeah, that's the 4 oh, No, I can't remember. I think that's 4 I gave one of those away, actually, just after Christmas to um, somebody called Alice Lowe in Canada. Um, well, that I would rate that as probably the... In my opinion, it's probably the best... Um, Soviet ca- camera, pretty much. It's certainly my 
favorite. It's the one I would choose. If you said you could only choose the Soviet camera, I'd have that one, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, that's interesting, because I've not tried... Because the other two rangefinders are the Zorkies and the Feds, and I've not tried either of those. Um, it feels like the Zorkies seem to be the more sought-after ones, but is that is that perhaps not the wisest choice? They, well, I, I like them less because they are the the sort of early Leica Barnett copies, which I, I my experience of them are just a bit rickety. I might I haven't tried that many of them to be honest, but my experience of them are just a bit rickety. Um, whereas the the Kiev feels like a proper solid solid bit of kit, and they did. I mean, it, I don't. There's, I think if you have, depending on when you, the, when it's from, if you see what I mean, the very early Kievs were just contacts with different different writing on. They they took the whole, mm. you know, they, they they as part of post-war reparations, didn't they? They had they, they had the old lot and just start, just carried on making the the cameras. So they whether that says anything or not, I don't know. But they they are they are really solid and they got because they got decent sized nice bright viewfinders well, not that bright viewfinders but they're brighter viewfinders whereas the little Leica copies have got tiny little viewfinders and they're all just <clears throat> you've got to you've got to really want to shoot a really old camera to want to shoot one of those I think there's, yeah. no, there's no no conveniences to them whereas the, the, the Kiev has you know built you know it's got a rangefinder in the viewfinder and yeah I... it has a decent range of speeds and all that sort of stuff yeah, I I took it out. I, I this is actually the second roll of film I've shot through. I shot one through it years ago, and then just put it to one side because I didn't I didn't particularly enjoy using it for whatever reason at the time. It just didn't didn't gel with me, and I shot it. Thought okay, whatever, put it to one side, and um, I actually enjoyed shooting it a lot more this time around. Maybe because of you know getting into more of a, a rangefinder frame of mind with the Leica, um, and I completely agree with what you're saying about the feel of the mechanics of it. You know, when you wind that camera on, it has a very reassuring feel to it in a very similar way to the way the Leica does. I mean, I'm not going to say it's on a par, but you know, you you turn it, yeah, this feels good to do. Um, it's got mm. what's the name for that kind of wind on mechanism? It's not not a thumb wind. What's the other kind of wind? Single stroke, double stroke. No, it's no just a just a. It's just a, I don't know, what would you call it? A wee, just a wheel. Just a wheel. <laughs> a, wind, a, a windy wheel. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's, a, it's got a windy Mind wheel. It's, it's a windy wheel. It's got a windy wheel. It's a not a, 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 I can't even think, a levered. <laughs> they're on the Leicas, they're le- you know, they have a le- it's a levered film advance, isn't it? Whereas well, the, those the, are just... Not, not, not on all of them. The early ones weren't, were they? No, obviously no. But on the I'm talking about the M, on the M3 and that. yeah, yeah. So, um, but that feels really nice. I mean, the only thing is you have to remember with it to wind it on before you adjust the shutter speed. But that was fine. And, just, and the the rangefinder patch, it's okay. I mean, it could probably be cleaned and be better. What I do quite like, although I know it's probably not the most efficient way, but it's got this little wheel. Um, that you can so you can focus using your finger on this little wheel on the top, which I quite like that actually. As long as you're not in a rush, um, it's quite nice. Well, it's it's good for fine. It's sort of for fine adjustments because you've got such <clears throat> the nice thing about those things because they've got they've got the, the, like getting into unnecessary detail. The rangefinder base length, so you've got that the viewfinder at one end of the camera and the rangefinder window at the other end of the camera, and the focusing has a really long throw, so you can focus with ridiculous precision because if you've got a long rangefinder window um and uh i think they're one-to-one magnification viewfinders as well so you end up with a, a high effective 
base length, which means it's it's a really precise rangefinder. So, and because you've got the long focus throw, you adjust the focus on the lens to sort of roughly the right place, and then you use the the, the little dial under your finger to to adjust it to you know exactly yeah. where it needs to be. Yeah, I I found I was using the um the the, the finger adjustment because the thing I found because when you lent me the um Leica um you didn't lend me a fancy Leica lens because whilst you trusted me, you clearly didn't trust me that far, which you know, is, is fair enough, it's fair enough. So you, the lens you lent me is actually the same lens as on this camera, mm. isn't it? It was a Jupiter 8 lens. And, the and it, one... was a, it was a Jupiter 8M, which is a modified... <coughs> so that Jupiter 8M is exactly the same lens that's on your um, on your Kiev. Yeah, so it'd be quite interesting when I finally get around to getting either of those films developed to see how they go. Um, but um, but I found with the Leica that because it's quite a small lens, I did find focusing was, you know, I've got a big manly hands, obviously, and um, I did find that the focusing was a bit fiddly with it. So it's quite nice, actually. I quite enjoyed that. Um, it's not, because that's that's an old, that lens that I gave you, it's an, it's an Indostar 26 with a, with a Jupiter 8M, forced into it um and they're not they're tight they're really small mm. they're not they're not they're not the greatest oh, lenses. Oh. and it's ancient and russian so it's not exactly uh, well th- thank you very much for giving me your um whatever <laughs> you uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh hang on what's in the bin let me just hoik this out yeah um but um, it's actually a stunningly good lens that was that you can find if you search on the blog there's a chap called brian sweeney in the states did that modification for me from a, a really a really well uh well a, re- a, a really clean copy of the jupiter a but it takes stunning pictures really 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 stunning but jupiter a is a fantastic lens highly highly underrated i look forward to seeing the pictures that i've got with it and proving that completely wrong <laughs> and no matter how good the lens is i bet i found a good way of messing up so okay Amish, like we've not we've talked about Leicas briefly on this podcast but because up until october like none of us have ever because you haven't had shot with one have you aid uh, no, I've played with one in a shop, but I've never actually shot with one. <coughs> and Rach, the only time you've shot with one is when I lent you um, Hamish's, and you did drop it as well, so that was awkward. Um, <laughs> I did not drop it. Oh, oh God, Hamish's is like... To the like quality, it was obviously it didn't even dent it, so... <laughs> um, but we no, know... I didn't. It, it was lovely to, to actually hold it in my hands, though, to be honest, because um, it, was, it was surprisingly... It was heavier than I was expecting it to be, but it felt... It felt very nice. Like it's, it was a good weight. It wasn't like um, uh, I think one of the other cameras that you you found when you were here, Graham. That I've got on the shelf was a huge um Canon, and oh, God, uh, yeah, that was, that was yeah. yeah, enormous. And and uh, you know, it's a lovely camera, and it came you know with like a couple of extra lenses and all sorts of things that I found in the charity shop. And I thought, yeah, okay, I might as well pick it up because it was a really good deal. But in terms of the size of that, it's not the kind of camera I would use. Whereas actually holding the Leica and holding your Kiev, because I did have a, a quick um, go with that as well. Well, whilst you were here, it was um, yeah, they felt like good usable size. You know, it mm. wasn't too too much to be you know sort of like sling around over your over your um, shoulder and off you go kind of thing. So uh, yeah, really it's good. One of the big one of the I mean, people say that the the, the bodies aren't that. I mean, something like if you look at a Nikon. I don't know, like on EM or something like that. Those things are tiny, or an FG20. Those things are tiny cameras, or the Olympus, obviously the um, series Olympus SLRs. They're not the body of those cameras isn't that much bigger than a Leica. In fact, in some cases, probably smaller than a Leica. But it's the lenses, obviously, mm. because you don't have the. It's not. There's no. 
there's no mirror box gubbins going on. The lenses are all much yeah. smaller. More compact, yeah. Yeah. Just very quickly on the subject of weight and um, and how we associate weight with quality. So for Christmas, um, I got, we talked about it on the show, I got a Nikkei. <laughs> we all remember the Nikkei. <laughs> now, my Nikkei wasn't working, pro- you know, it just wouldn't, well, long story short, I took it to as many pieces as it could possibly be reduced. <laughs> so now it's a jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> but... One of the pieces. Did, did the, you find a strip of metal in the bottom of it by any chance? Just a chunk of random metal to make yes, it heavier. Yeah. Yeah. There is a solid, large lump of metal. Like, I mean, I don't know how much that weighs. I'd say mm, at least a third of a kilo <laughs> is my. You, guess. you know, you you, you realise you you're. These. I'm not. I wouldn't, I'm not even going to call it a camera. You shouldn't even associate that. Those things are shit. like. It's not. They're, they're just unbelievably crap. They shouldn't even be brought up in the context of cameras. Well, Honestly, they are awful. <laughs> you'll be glad to know, Hamish. There's one less of them in the world now. <laughs> so, Good. That's yeah, they should. Never... They should just be burned. They they don't even fit into the category of good enough to be treated as toy cameras they are less than toys they are they're just basically they're designed to rip off people who don't know anything about cameras they they were they are scam cameras as far as i as far as i understand them scammers scammers um so okay hamish you've talked about how good the jupiter 8 lens is and you talked about how good the kiev is so why is anybody buying Leicas? You know, like my Kiev, I think I bought the Kiev online from eBay. I don't know, maybe 20 quid. I mean, that seems like that probably the upper end of what I pay for anything. So, I mean, it was a little while ago. Um, you, you are a, somebody who uses Leicas a lot. You're somebody who is a, a big advocate of them. Why, why does the Leica deserve to carry the premium that it does over something like a Kiev? Well, they are. They are. Uh, you know they are a luxury brand aren't they i mean yeah. that, <clears throat> that first and foremost that's they were never i mean even back in, in the very early days they were the contacts were the professional choice and the likers were the the sort of almost the luxury choice as I, at least as i understand it and um, so they are a luxury brand they've always been regarded as a luxury brand but they're not like you know with that luxury comes something that is it's a it, they're really they're they are really nice things to own it's nice you know i think <clears throat> there's a lot of people out there who say oh you know people are just like like because they just want a liker and blah 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 and i think there's an element of that and i wouldn't deny that in my own desire to have them i really enjoy owning things that are really nice and i think when i'm obs- as obsessed with photography as i am um if the the type of camera that i have at, you know taking all of the technical aspects out of the equation if the type of camera that i choose to have at the center of that is something that i really like owning because it's just a lovely thing I, is there anything wrong with that i don't think there's anything wrong with that really no no um, it's a bit like a ferrari isn't it it's like well, well it's but sort of i mean the thing is is with <clears throat> yeah i mean it kind of is i mean it, i i suppose i my i would prefer to think of them as I'd say they're more like a musical instrument. Like I would spend, you know, <clears throat> if if you're spending money on, um, you know, for me, like one really lovely acoustic violin or something, um, that feels more like how a luxury camera would feel, I think, to me, rather than a car. Mm. You know what I mean? Well, as, as that comparison. I mean, some people take pride in their in their cars, don't they? But it's, mm, yeah. I think the thing the thing with. I mean, I guess you'd have to, you know, if you're a racing driver or something, then that's your 
thing as well. But mm. I think for people like what you're the way what you're talking about, Rachel, is that it's 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 a, a thing that's really nice that is connected to the thing that you do that is your artistic output and your yeah. it's your hobby. In my case, it's you know it is it is I am pretty much obsessed with photography. Let's face yeah. facts. It is I I I really really love photography. I really enjoy cameras. Um, I have I think of it as two separate hobbies I, I really like taking photos but I also really like I find the industrial design of cameras is is, is a fascinating thing to mm. me um, and I find the you know there's lots of things about Leicas that work for me both technically speaking and um, as somebody who appreciates industrial design and as somebody who just appreciates things, if you see what I mean, and you know, I think I don't know. No, does I, that make I, sense? Yeah, <laughs> and I can understand it. I mean, you know, having shot with Dmykiev and with the Leica recently enough for it to be in my memory. Um, although, in you know, in many ways, the shooting experience is very similar because they're both rangefinder cameras. Um, <laughs> As we were going around yesterday, at one point I did say to Rachel, and not yesterday, on Saturday, I said, this, this camera is literally scratching my glasses as I'm taking <laughs> pictures. It's like it's scoring the glass because as with so many um, Soviet cameras, you know, there's a few sharp edges on there and a few, and a few not quite perfect angles. That, and um, and like my, my glass, I mean, fortunately my glasses were already trashed through years of bad care, but um, they now have a few more good etchings on them. Um, I can attest to that. They were so scratched. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And probably, you probably find the same with an old, with an old Leica, I mean, mod, the modern. I've got my NA in front of me, and it's got a rubber, uh, yeah. a rubber thing on the viewfinder. But the old, like the M3 doesn't. It's just brass. The back, the back of it, the back of it, yeah. uh, the, the viewfinder surround that would probably scratch your glasses as well. Yeah, but it probably wouldn't do it in such a. Uh, Vicious know, the, way. The, scrap, the scratches would be of a high quality scratch. <laughs> <laughs> they, they would be calligraphy. They wouldn't just be. Random. Yeah, yeah. No, that would have to be a Japanese camera. Like when I lose the lose the rubber things off the back of my Nikon. <laughs> yeah, oh god, I've lost so many. The, the other thing with the Kiev is that the um, the bottom plate. You know, because it loads a bit, not quite the same as um, actually no, no, almost nothing like the like. But the, the bottom does kind of come off, and the whole back comes off with it. But it doesn't sit back on that well. Purpose. <laughs> well, on, on that point, by the way, you, you did you. I, I don't know what you mentioned it a while ago. You were waffling on about when I was showing you how to load load the Leica, and you were. I showed you how to load my old Barnack standard. Yeah, uh, and and that's not. You don't have to cut the film. To load the M3. You, oh, shit. I got. Well, thank you for confusing me, Mish. God damn it. Yeah, well, that's good. You can't, I mean, you don't, because the back flaps up. So yeah. You can see that it's located properly, whereas with the standard, you don't have a flappy up your back. Yeah, so for listeners who missed that conversation, yeah, Hamish was showing me how to load the M3, which is relatively straightforward at the same time as he was loading. What's the, the one you had, Hamish? Yeah, I was loading my stuff. I've got my standard, so it's uh, 1932. Yeah, so th that was a more tricky thing. And very I got, early, very yeah. simple. And I got confused and <coughs> thought I had to you do got things. got confused. Oh, well. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting the pictures back from, from both of these when I do develop them, which will be soon, probably. Um, but uh, the, 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 the thing that, the thing, I mean, all of this, I mean, the, this is all, all the stuff that we talked about, luxury and all that sort of stuff. That's, that's all one thing. I mean, to me, that that's... <clears throat> That's a very small part of it. I think that 
they, they fundamentally to they are just cameras uh, they, they are just cameras it doesn't matter you know the, you, people will waffle on about how great they are including me will waffle on how, how great they are but they are going to work for some people and they're going to work well for some people and they're going to work less well for others and i think the problem is is that there's so much what's the word hyperbole is that the right word on the internet about how you know you know some people just waffle on about how great they are and how you but it's no i don't i mean if you read the things i say about them i try and talk about them quite objectively and expl- actually explain why i like them why they work for me like my i can't use slrs because I can't frame properly with my left eye and i can't see properly with my right eye with an slr <laughs> believe it or not because um, my right a bit of a up. handicap that is yeah, it's funny though because i can't use rangefinders i don't get on with range no, and and so what and and for you a leica is a shit choice because if you can't get on with a rangefinder then what well, don't buy a leica and don't even you know they're not even worth considering um whereas i think there's a lot of people out there off this thing. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of people. I mean, I read a, there's a there's a review. There's a thing on that. Um, ca- uh, ca- uh, what's he calling himself? I can't even think now. Fo- casual photo file, and the, one of his one of um, James's coach, Josh, I think his name is, and he wrote a, a sort of a, a, a post about not liking the M2 and about I think I talked about this last time I was on about the fanfare and he's expecting some fanfare and he mm. used it. What, the, what what are you thinking? What, why would you come to that conclusion? What? It's just a camera. Don't be so mm. ridiculous. Like having that kind of level of expectation that it's going to make you a better photographer or it's going to, you know, it's going to be the best thing you've ever experienced. It, it, it's daft. Like approach it as just a camera. And if it works for you, then brilliant. And and I think the thing with Leicas is it's not like SLR. You know, you've SLRs, you've got Nikons, you've got Canons, you've got Pentaxes, and you can argue the toss between I mean, and all of the others, Olympuses, whatever. And people can and do argue the toss about which one's the best or which are the better ones <clears throat> all of those things just come down to which one is a, a preference for you know individual people but with Leicas, there's a lot less there's a lot less similar cameras you know you've got the canon you like the p um you've got the voigtlander the later voigtlanders you've got the um konica hexar rf um the zeiss uh what's it called ZN, whatever it's called ZI. um all of these cameras have quite like the the, the, the canons for example they're thread mounts so you can't put m mount lenses on them so if you want if you want to shoot m mount lenses that rules them out if you want to shoot a fully mechanical camera and you want to shoot m mount lenses well you pretty much stuck with like it <laughs> there isn't really anything else um so do you know what I mean that you you the 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 choice isn't as the choice isn't as great. So I think when people find that they like a mechanic, they like rangefinders and they like mechanical cameras, or they like rangefinders and they like cameras without without many features, you, you kind of going to naturally gravitate towards Leica because do you know does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. I mean, it does seem Leicas do seem to be able to sit at the top of that tree quite happily, and I mean, and you their, their lenses are loved by everybody. Um, we, you, you well, the lenses about... thing is a whole other conversation because <laughs> you know the, there's an there's there's M mount lenses and there's thread mount lenses. There's loads of them dating back to the you know the 30s, um, and you can have everything from you know like a, a summer and have a really nice, gentle you know vintage rendering if you 
have got one, you get pre-worn ones without coating, post-worn ones with coating, you get ones that have got better or worse, like more or less scratches. And, you know, if you get a really nice coated one without any scratches, you're going to have a really, really almost not modern rendering, but almost modern rendering. But that's, that's just one lens. And yeah. then you've got all of the lenses since. You've got Zeiss lenses, which are really colourful, like really bright, contrasty colours, warm colours. You've got light lenses, which are less warm colours. With Zeiss, you've got the, the Sonar which I really like. Um, Leica lenses are um, gauze designed rather than uh, sonar, so they have a different different character altogether. So, yeah. Putting aside the lenses, because I mean, again, you, yeah, that's why we have you on, Hamish, because you know so much about this goddamn stuff. We could just probably wind you up and let you go, but we're not going to, because... <laughs> <laughs> we um, but um uh, we talked your you talked a bit about the fact that the Kiev is you, the the your favorite of the Soviet cameras um I would be really interested but even if you so uh, are you going to ask me what's the difference I mean why no 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 that wasn't what I was going to ask you at all no it wasn't going to ask you at all um I was gonna ask you, I couldn't let, yeah shut your pie hole um <laughs> Um, what I want to ask you, because I, kind of, I want to kind of wrap this up a bit and move on to some other stuff, because there's so much stuff to talk about this week. Um, I really enjoyed getting to try out your Leica M3. It, it was a, a lovely camera to use, and I tried to get it in the hands of as many other photographers as I could whilst I had it, so they could try it. And, you know, Rach, you were saying mm-hmm. how much you liked it. Um, Rob Hawthorne, when he was down, he had a go with it, and I think he said to you, hey, that he wants to get one now. I mean, it's yeah. a lovely camera, and I would be lying through my buck teeth if i said yeah i would not love to get hold of one um but you know the reality is that for myself and for a lot of other people um not just the camera in fact not even most but the lenses and all that it's it's kind of it's an out of our price range thing and especially if you want to dip your toe in but just to just 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 for one minute let me get let me get through the question before you open your mouth so i want to ask your advice for um, for for listeners and for you know for us as well, um, what are good cheap or cheaper cameras that people can try out to see if a rangefinder is going to be thing, the thing for them? Because there's a lot of good SLR choices out there, as you said, and you can try them out. And you know, yes, you'll find one to your taste, but they're all kind of on the same wavelength. Um, with the rangefinders. There's fewer to choose from, and they they are quite different. What will be the ones that you would suggest people look for that are still good, that are still going to be reliable, and are a good price to get into the hobby? I think probably the Canons. Uh, the, the, my, my really, I've got a Canon P. I, I only bought it recently. I haven't shot with it yet, but the, it's a really nice camera. The Canon P is. It's really simple. Um, the the it's got a nice big bright i think that's a one-to-one viewfinder as well so a nice big bright viewfinder um the canon lenses you can get the 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 50 mil 1.8 for you know next next to nothing you can buy a, you can buy a canon p with a with a 50 1.8 for I don't know, probably 150 quid something like that and um, maybe 200 quid i guess mm. um the, the problem is is the the Unless you are, unless you do start looking, unless you start looking at the things like the um, the Zeiss Icon or the or the um, or the Konica or the or the or the Voigtlanders, none of them have solid hard-edged rangefinders. And I think that the hard-edged rangefinder patch inside the Leica or inside the, the cameras that I just mentioned, it, th- there's a 
they're just a bit quite a bit better i think than range ones mm. that have the kind of blurry edged rangefinder patch if you sort of I mean, mm-hmm. I think it has quite, that that difference has quite a big impact on the on the level of enjoyment. Um, if you search for um, effective base length uh, on Google, and you'll find my my blog post about effective base length and, and the different types of rangefinder patches I talk about in there, and it does make a big difference. Some people don't have that preference. I definitely do, and the Canon the Canon doesn't have that solid edged rangefinder, and I think that's one of the big things that sets it apart. On the the, the point about the value of Leicas, and I don't want to because they are expensive things and you know i'm under no illusion that they're not but the thing about them if you can afford one if you can justify the cost they don't lose value so you know if you find yourself in the position to try to to have you know six seven hundred quid or whatever you need probably a grand once you bought a lens if you find yourself in that position um even if you don't like it you know keep hold of it for six months and make yourself a couple of hundred quid because they're constantly going up not that much but they're constantly going up in value um so you, you can't, you don't lose when you buy one, um, and and you know, and people always say, oh yeah, bloody expensive camera. Well, put in the context of modern cameras, the, the amount of money. If I if I think the amount of money I lose when I upgrade my Sony's at work, it's horrifying, absolutely horrifying. And you see, I mean, I know you know within film photography, we kind of have this thing about oh, you know, it's film photography, it's more, it's less expensive, it's you know, it's 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 easier to get really nice cameras for less money because you can get a Nikon, you know, FM2 for, for 150 quid or whatever. But in the context of digital photography, they are quite quite affordable. And as I say, they don't lose money in the same way that digital cameras do. So, yes, they are expensive. They are the expensive 35mm camera, but they're not that. It's not that. It's not It's not a stupid thing to buy. No. You know what I mean? Not wasting. You're not pissing your money at the wall and, you know, every time you buy a new digital camera or whatever. Yeah, that's that's what I said to Rob Horst and said, buy a rubber be an investment. Um, um, <laughs> they are an investment. I mean, it, you know, they are they are investment. You don't. They, that's exactly what they are. Well, yeah. I mean, I still would love to have the money to get one. But the Canon, I'm looking at the Canon P's on eBay now. I mean, yeah, they they are also not cheap. And and just to clarify, they take M mount lenses as well, do they? No, they're they're thread mount. They're like a thread mount. Oh. <clears throat> like a thread mount. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, thread oh. mount. And okay, it, well, it's slightly complicated because some thread mount lenses don't work on them. And some thread okay, well, I'll come up and borrow your Canon P at some point and then see if I like that. Maybe, maybe that can be my cheaper option. Um, yeah. I think we should probably take a break now um, because we've talked too much about Leicas and um, we, we all need. <laughs> I, could, I feel, I feel like I haven't. I feel like I haven't. I feel like I haven't purged. I feel like I've got a lot more to say. <laughs> well, tell <laughs> you what. <laughs> We'll get when you come back to make you feel better. We'll give you the chance to do some of your classic Hamish shilling. So how about that for a plan? No, I don't want. I'm not interested. I don't, I've got nothing to sell today. Okay, well, we'll see if that's true or not. Right, let's take a break. Bye! We had an awesome email. We were talking before, uh, well, at the beginning of the show about all the wonderful feedback that we had about the uh, Women of Analog show last week. And I've got an email backing that claim up. This is from J.M. Golding, and it goes a little something like this. Um, Good morning, Sunbeams. What a wonderful surprise when I opened my blog feed on Tuesday. Not only a Sunny 16 episode for my Tuesday commute, but one that highlights women artists. I'd enjoyed your previous interviews with Isabel Curtis and Tina Rowe. I'd caught up that far on back episodes. Looked up their websites after hearing them and like both of their work enormously. 
I've done a fair amount of thinking about photographic art and gender, and still I can't quite explain what it is about a woman's space in art. I usually don't feel particularly unwelcome in photographic contexts that consists mostly of men, but, well, a lot of photography seems to be like that, and there's something special that I can't quite put words to, but I very much resonate, resonate with about a conversation among women making film photography, especially the kind of work that Isabel and Tina make. Can't wait to hear number two and beyond. Wishing you a good light and a very happy 127 day from J.M. Golding. Um, so there's a couple of things. That, oh, uh, and a little PS. I've only heard part of Wednesday's episode so far. Another great surprise. Two episodes in one week and excited to hear the announcement of the next Cheap Shots Challenge. Uh, well, yes, we're all very <laughs> thrilled about that. I've already had Neil Piper complaining at me online. <laughs> uh, um, two things. First, J.M. Golding. Uh, thank you very much for getting back in touch again. I um, J.M. Golding will only be known as J.M. Golding because I have found J.M. Golding's website. It's great. Everyone should go there. It is um, J.M. Golding, uh, just jmgolding.com. Some really lovely art on there. Well worth seeking out. Um, J.M. Golding, obviously, also the organiser of 127 Photography Day, which was this Saturday just gone when I was over with Rachel in Liverpool. Um, and we went out with our brownies, didn't we, Rach? We sure did, yes. Exciting stuff. We went out with our Brownie 127 cameras, um, would you Would you believe? <laughs> um, turns out that Graham and myself, you, uh, we both have pretty much the same the same one. Yours um, has the stripe bit on the front and mine was the gold one. We were trying to work out which one was um, uh, the earlier one and which was slightly later. And I thought mine might have been the slightly <coughs> earlier one because it didn't have a little arrow on the uh, on the wind on um wheel be- and i think what had happened maybe is that it didn't originate and then people weren't sure which way to wind it so on the next model they put a little arrow to show you how to wind it so that's my reasoning behind it anyway so yes yeah, so we took our one we loaded both our 127 cameras up with a roll each i think from andrew bartram um, of the 127 film that he'd send over to us and uh, off we went out um, for on a shoot with with our cameras in tow um, it was a very wet and grey day to begin with wasn't it <laughs> uh, which wasn't the best um, for 100 ISO film um, but we were uh, oh and we also decided to go to the Anglican Cathedral inside so um, generally we were opening and sh- opening the shutter a few times to try and let in enough light <laughs> to make an exposure it was a bit of a guesswork I think on both our parts um, but yeah it's all part of the fun it's all part it's of the fun. what was the most number of shutter fires you went for Rach do you think eight eight yeah like I said, we, we, we were just guessing. It was going well. This feels like it might need about six shutter fires, yeah. or and you were <laughs> hand holding some of them as well, which seemed particularly bold to me. Um, well, I wanted to give it a go and see what kind of uh, experimental output I get. Yeah, it was great. It was really fun out shooting with those little cameras. That they, I mean, I've not, I've never tried using mine before, and I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, how it comes out. Um, and as you said, this the Rerapan film that Andrew gave us. I actually uh, on the subject of one two seven. <laughs> and J.M. Golding um, she's written up very recently uh, an entire article on what the possible origins of the uh, Rerapan 127 film art which looks as though it's, I haven't had, I've literally just found it and I will absolutely read it but that looks great that's on 127filmblogspot.co.uk anyway sorry Rach crack on oh what was I saying sorry. I don't know I'm sure it was very informative <laughs> 
<laughs> no, no, it was just talking about how we both loaded up our cameras, went out on um, shooting with them and, um, and had a lot of fun, basically. It was a bit of guesswork, a bit of uh, trial and error um, on, a, on a rainy and grey day, but uh, still still lots of fun. We we really pounded the streets of Liverpool. We um, I, I did drag you guys around and I felt <laughs> I did feel a bit bad towards the end when especially Sinead seemed a little bit broken. <laughs> there was tragedy as well, wasn't there? <laughs> there really was. And I wondered whether you wanted to be the one to explain the tragedy that had happened so it was joy and tragedy within the one day it was a whole emotional roller coaster really was so this little 127 brownie which i have had for years and years and years um Sinead doesn't believe me when i tell her that but it's because it's been sat up on a shelf that just you know it's been tucked away and so this was the first time it was taken out and i was really enjoying using it and then the strap the little thin cord strap slipped off its lug and it hit the deck face first and shattered it hit the, the dock actually it, it, it hit the dock. Hit the Albert dock. <laughs> um that doesn't sound good what happened it, good. it, 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 it broke the lens it kind of i mean it's still clinging on but it's it's all a bit broken and i just loaded in another roll of um film ironically we met andrew uh whilst we were at the docks along with who else did we meet there rach we met some awesome people there yes that's right so we'd um it uh, in the middle of our sort of like tour of Liverpool, where I was taking um, Graham and Sinead around um, the city, I uh, decided that we'd we would head down towards the docks, um, and we would go to the Open Eye Gallery. Uh, we've had Thomas Dukes on before; he's the curator at the Open Eye Gallery. Um, but we knew that there was um, an exhibition that had just launched recently, which was uh, Tom Wood, um, and it was his uh, his work um, in Liverpool uh, throughout the sort of like eighties, nineties kind of era um and actually we ended up having a very quick informal meetup with um some of the local analog photographers and andrew bartram who had come up to liverpool uh, with his other half as well um to drop off their daughter i believe so uh, that was really nice so we met andrew we met garth who is um at murphy's film on uh, Twitter, and we also met Stig, uh, who is at Stig underscore of the dump. Um, I met both Garth and Stig previously at the at the Mersey meetup, um, but it was the first time I met Andrew, so uh, it was lovely. Um, they just come out of the exhibition, and bless them, they they waited for us whilst we went in and had a little look round, um, and then we went for a very quick impromptu walk walk round afterwards. And it was just as we came out of the exhibition, um, and. Uh, uh, Graham was busy loading up his 127 camera that it it smashed to the dock <laughs> um and uh he, you were busy there going oh it's fine don't worry about it don't worry about it and uh the tragic look on all of these analog photographers faces <laughs> was something to behold I have to say um we all just felt that sick feeling when you think and oh no it'll be fine it'll be fine it's fine it's made of Bakelite we'll see <laughs> um um pick it it wasn't exactly made like a Leica um pick it up and it all looks okay and then you turn it around and it's poor little lens was like smashed in on the left hand side so yeah, uh, yeah. Oh dear. it didn't look like it was going to be doing much much better work um, and I'd actually just finished my role um, so I thought well we can swap it over but there was a happy end to the, to the story wasn't there Graham? there was because we were uh, Rachel uh, in our travels well you know we, we went and we went to um, you're gonna have to say what it was Rachel because I can't remember it was Red Brick Vintage Warehouse yeah we went and to- as part of the Canes Brewery it's amazing yeah, this really cool warehouse full of really awesome vintage and retro stuff. And um, I think it was Stig actually found it in the first place, but he found the exact 
same model of Brownie 127, like the same design, everything in mint condition in its box. Um, with instructions. With instructions, because it really <laughs> needs those instructions. And Sinead, my lovely better half, bought it for me because she felt bad about the fact I'd smashed my camera. So, um, yeah, it, it was the circle of life, Hakuna Matata, etc., etc. Um, so that was great. And it, it was really nice meeting the guys. Um, I, I wish I'd had more time to sort of focus on being with them, but uh, I was ha- having to focus on being a good boyfriend at the time. So <laughs> I was going to say, it sounds like it sounds like Sinead is is the person we should all be celebrating. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, it was so funny, though, wasn't it? Like the idea that we were literally walking into a shop and basically buying a new version of a camera from when when did that one come out do you know i i'm i'm gonna guess 50s yeah from the 50s 50s. and you basically smashed one went in like you went to asda and picked up a brand new one (laughs) yeah that's the way it goes yeah were you shooting 127 for 127 day hamish (coughs) i've got a roll of fki 100 Ah. and i've got a um a kodak vpk which those two things have coexisted in my possession for about seven <laughs> years. And I've had intentions to combine them and use them, but I have to date not. And when I heard about this thing on your, your waffling on about it the other week, I thought, oh, that's an opportunity. And then it passed me by and I didn't do anything about it. So, no. Don't worry. It <laughs> seems that 127 Day comes around quite a lot. <laughs> Because we use the British version and the American version, exactly. (laughs) Um, So I'm sure there'll be there'll be future future opportunities. Yeah, July. Yes, that'll be the next one. Yeah, well, yes, it's not long to wait. Hey, you got to. I got my new camera this weekend. My new old new camera. You got to play with something new this weekend. Oh, I did. Yeah, well, in in, in a shop, uh, not not yet, uh, not not yet uh, actually taking any photos with it. But um, I happened to be in London uh, again on a, on a, on a pleasant weekend with my good lady. So we, we've all had uh, breakaway weekends this weekend. Uh, sorry, didn't mean to say breakaway. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, we so yeah, I found myself. Did you have a smashing. I did. And I have. I <laughs> yes, I certainly did have a smashing time. <laughs> Uh, but uh, I found myself at one point on Saturday late afternoon in the Lomography shop uh, in London. Ooh, oh yes, which is yeah, uh, uh, is a, a chance to go and look at them uh, at all the pretty things um, uh, made of plastic, of course, most of them and brass. Um, but, uh, mm-hmm. Really, pets full lens. The pets, yeah, they're oh, uh, yeah, yeah, so I didn't see, didn't see that. But maybe that's because the thing that really caught my eye was the. <laughs> Uh, it was the new Lomo uh, Instax Square camera. Um, is that right? Is that what it's called? I forget what it's actually it called. Is, it's, yeah. it's the one that shoots the Square Instax yes. anyway. The one right, that they yeah. did Kickstarter for late last year. Mm-hmm. And has, I think has just hit the shops and is just starting shipping. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, actually, uh, and then absolutely coincidentally, I started receiving, started noticing tweets rolling up through my phone from uh, Martin Smith, who I think backed he backed it on the Kickstarter, and he had his had just arrived, and he was saying things like, "Oh, it's got really good, it's got a glass lens and really good image quality. It's the best best image quality of any Instax camera." <laughs> <laughs> or well, the, 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 that he's tried anyway, any Instax camera that he's tried, um, and I have to say, I was um, 
pleasantly surprised with this thing i mean obviously i didn't get to shoot it so that's yeah that that, that, that with that as a caveat mm-hmm. but it folds up nicely and it's sort of for something that is a larger format instant camera it it actually folds up quite flat and you could imagine if you had it would fit in a a, a big coat pocket um uh, and there's not many sort of bigger instax cameras that could do that so that was quite interesting and the whole folding out mechanism and it has these rubber bellows and 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 that that, that all works um it's it's got something that was really interesting to me and it's got a a 45 millimeter equivalent glass lens now, given that my brain works at about that focal length um, and, and that it's got a glass lens, whereas pretty much every other instant camera has a plastic lens, of course, uh, that looks interesting. Mm. Uh, it takes Instax Mini as well as Instax Square, I am told. So you could shoot black and white Instax Mini in it if you like the black and white Instax because, uh, of course, they don't do that the black and white in the square yet. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, that uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm almost pushing the buy button on that one at the moment. Can forty five mil is pretty wide jump... on a camera like that. No, yes. it's, it's it's actually yeah. a ninety. It's forty five mil equivalent. Um, so it's a, it's actually a ninety five mil lens. <clears throat> so I'm gonna jump in there and say that I have a. There was an unboxing that Graham and I were gonna do when he was here. But we didn't get around to it, did we? No, I was too busy playing with your dog. Rachel's dog's yes. the best dog ever. <laughs> oh, God, I love Marcy. Oh, I want to steal Marcy. You were wrestling with her. like It was like something out of The Lion King, seriously. <laughs> it was pretty hilarious. But on another note, to tie in with what Aid was talking about, the unboxing was going to be my... Lomo Instax Square camera. Oh my goodness! Oh, you've got one. <laughs> I have. <laughs> I kept it quiet because I wasn't sure how much ribbing I was going to get from you guys over it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, I wasn't brave enough to tell you that I had backed it, but um, it was at the point where I was really worried that Instax Wide was going to disappear before they brought out Monochrome, um, and I knew that I needed something that for work that wasn't going to be just the Instax Mini because obviously I love the size of it. It's great. It's really cute, and it's used by so many, you know, millions of people. But I needed something that was going to be the slightly um, bigger. Hello, Hamish. <laughs> Sorry, was that Hamish? Uh, I got I I got cut off for a second then, and then it oh, came no. back. And as it came back, I knocked over a bottle. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Um, so, yeah, so I thought something that wasn't the mini, something that gave me a slightly larger um, actual frame. And, uh, and and I thought, well, actually, whilst it was on the Kickstarter um, and still very early days as part of that, it made sense to actually back it when it was going to be that much cheaper than it was going to be once it got into the shop. So I did actually back it because it was a, a point where I'd just had an in- invoice come in and I thought well if I don't do it now <laughs> it's not going to happen so I did so I have my box here oh. with of uh, Instax Square film and the Instax um, Square um, Lomo Instant Square yes okay now Rach, now listen. I'm really jealous <laughs> so Rach I think you definitely ought to do an unboxing but before you do an unboxing i think we're going to take a very quick break and the reason we're going to take this very quick break is this is going to be a graham bells on the podcast very quick break because a quick peek behind the curtains listeners i've got my granddad um not my granddad oh shit i'm in big trouble now i've got my stepdad my son's granddad staying with me and i kicked him out of my house this evening so i could do this podcast but he's coming back but um 
this is too cool to stop. And Hamish hasn't done his shilling yet, which I definitely want to do because otherwise he'll never come back again because um, he only comes on the show to shill stuff. So um, we'll take a very quick break. And when, we, and when we come back from the break, we will hand over to the far more competent leader of the show, Aid, um, who will go through with everything and Reg can do her unboxing and Hamish can do his shilling and you know they might read out some of the emails but I'm not going to cross my fingers because there's some really good emails this week um, and I will see you guys uh, next week um, and you will see everybody else just after the break bye Okay, so doing a bit of an unboxing here. Um, I'll take this out of the outer box to see the inner box. I believe we've lost Graham, haven't we? Now he's had to go. He has had to go. Aggressive, yes. So uh, yes, it's uh, it's it's it, it's all golden radio moments from here on in with loads of cardboard unboxing sounds. Absolutely. So have you got a narrative to go? Has it has it got like a the the trademark Lomography colourful book inside the box? Well, I have it actually the outer box of the inner box <laughs> um is kind of like a, a brown um craft kind of cardboard look, but it does have a very nice little illustration. It doesn't have the colourful book yet that I can see, but sort of rested on top. There's a small extra little box which has a orange filter inside um, in its own little packet, which is very cute. Um, and uh, ooh, you might be able to hear it there. It's sort of rattling with it within its housing, but hopefully it's meant to do that. <laughs> um, there we go. So that's our, our first little bit of the uh, the Lobo Square box. Um, and now I'm going to see if I can get into the inner box. Um, okay, hold on. It says pull to open. Now I'm worried. Oh God! Right. Oh, oh. Okay. So the the pull to open worked. Um, it has lifted up the outer box. I can take this bit out. Here we go. I actually have my hands on the Lomo Instax Instant Square. There we ah. go. Very cool. And which which colour did you buy? So I got the blue version. It's blue, and I believe it's a kind of dark brown leather type leatherette type covering so this was the um slightly cheaper version of the kickstarter um sort of like one day sale type one uh, that you got and you're right aid actually it is, it is very compact so when i think of it in comparison to my instax wide that i have um i have the instax wide 100 which is from 1991 and I bought a backup, which was the Instax Wide 300. And that was obviously the more recent version um, from the last couple of years. So that I had both. But they are quite chunky cameras, whereas this is very light. I mean, it hasn't got batteries in it at the minute, but very light and very compact. And yeah, I could easily slip that into a, into my um, smaller bag rather than having to take um, take the larger, larger version. So that's going to be really useful, actually, um, because it folds down. Now, if I turn it over, I can see that we've got um, uh, uh, we've got options for flash, um, MX, EV mode, and a, a timer uh, timer option there. Can't quite work out how to open the bellows yet. Have you got any suggestions, Aid? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you you have to push it. 
Ooh, so okay. so where, where where the lens snugly fits in you just yes. uh, where where the focusing lever is you have to sort of you know, hold the case at the edges and sort of push that bit and it pops open it's it clips shut okay so i i push oh that bit hang on i'm holding one <laughs> bit oh god hey Mish, are you still there do you know what to do I've got a clue. <laughs> uh, so, so seriously, no, no, no I'm, I, yeah, you, you, it is by that lens bit where, where that focusing lever is, right? Okay, you I've need got to the focusing find a lever. Yeah. yeah. So, so that that's where it it fits fairly snugly into the box there, and and the one in the shop. Oh, right there, ah! just, there you go. See. Hey, did it? <laughs> Don't know if I'll manage it again, but it did it for what? It did it once. Hey. Word of advice on closing it as well. Yes, the please. little metal support bar across yes. the bellows. Yeah. Uh, that's actually, it. Doesn't look it, but it's actually hinged. If you push it with your thumb in the middle, it'll hinge in and help you close it. So it does. Don't, yes. Don't force close it because you'll no. bend that. Got it. I got it. Yeah, lovely. Actually, it's got a nice spring. You might have been able to hear that. <laughs> that very, sounds like a lovely gentle. spring. <laughs> <laughs> the spring is in action. It's working. Hooray. Hooray. Oh, that's cool. So, you yeah. got some film for it. I have. I've got some film. However, I've just realised I don't have any flipping batteries for it, do I? Because I thought it took um, uh, AAs. And didn't realise that it doesn't. It takes the CR123s, I think, um, instead. Because oh, okay. our, um, our other um, analog friend, um, Sam, I believe. Is that right, Hamish? Was it Sam who has one? I was going to say, you've, you've, you, this is incredible restraint you've had not taking this thing out of the box. You had this about a week ago, didn't you? Yes, yeah. He, I think he got his the day before me, actually. Um, oh, wow. Okay. But I, yeah, no. Sam, I was who thinking. is hopefully doing me a review of these cameras for my website, I managed to get um, get him some film. I got Hannah from Lomography in London to send him some film, so he's going to do me a review. Fantastic. Oh, do you do group reviews on your website? Could you get two or three people to to, to contribute to review? That would be fun. Because yeah, Rachel, really, yeah, Rachel, Rachel could be part of it. Thanks, yeah. Aid. <laughs> <laughs> She's already got enough work to do with the review with the. Uh, That's group. true. Yeah, I wasn't. Yes, yeah, for me. <laughs> that's a good point i'm sorry rach i hadn't meant that's, to load you up with more work that's fine that's fine um i noticed that um yourself and uh, and graham have uh oh thank, thanks for, for taking that on board rach <laughs> so um for those <laughs> listeners who don't know i'm uh, i'm now doing a bi-weekly um little news review for uh for 35 mmc that's, that's that's signed off as from sunny 16 podcast every even in the so I knew it was going to be only you that <laughs> was doing it, and uh, and when well, you, you first <laughs> when you first started doing it, and you you know we went through the process of signing you up as a contributor to the to the blog, and you put it as from the the whole podcast at the bottom. I thought she's might as well just be for a brain, and I can see this just being <laughs> Rachel. Rachel's doing. To be uh, fair, we, Graham has said this to me. He was like, Rachel, you need to sign it off as yours so that people know that it's <laughs> things. I think it's just so that he does—he's not the one getting sued if I say anything bad. <laughs> but anyway, never... yeah, it'd be more worrying if it was the other way around, wouldn't it? If Graham exactly. was writing it, yeah. Okay. So yeah, so my square is here. It looks great. I'm very excited to use it. I have some film, but I don't have the batteries. Um, so that is—that's a little disappointing. I had thought it would be the AA batteries I, because obviously they are in much more plentiful supply, and you can just walk into any shop and buy those. <coughs> Or into any kitchen in the world, practically. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Whereas the the CR ones, um, it's a bit more difficult to actually find those just lying around the house. 
um here so so that's a little bit uh, a little bit disappointing never mind i was trying to be very restrained because i thought i would do the on uh, i thought i'd do the unboxing when graham was here over the weekend and we could uh, record that together and go out and shoot with it which is why i bought the um the film for it on on um, amazon prime so it would be here in time and then it got delivered to a neighbor who then went away for the weekend so the film was oh, no <laughs> but it's fine they've dropped it off today so i now have camera and film and i just need some batteries and then uh, i'll be able to use it so uh, there we go that was my first unboxing on air hope everybody enjoyed that <laughs> i certainly did good <laughs> it was a visual treat yeah, of course. i'm painting a picture treat. with words yeah yeah um, excellent painting a picture with words that i can't hear because i keep having some technical fault which means that you, you guys just disappearing for seconds at a time it's really good <laughs> we could say anything about you at this point hamish couldn't we <laughs> wouldn't know what was going on which, which would all be nice of course <laughs> jeremy's gone so uh yeah. <laughs> Jeremy's the destroyer of other people's cameras and his own by this end. <laughs> well, this is the thing. He was saying that he hadn't actually damaged mine. And then I'm thinking, I saw what you did to your 127 camera. You can't fool me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so there we go. That's uh, that's the unboxing done. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, going out and shooting with that. I'm glad that um, it sounds like it's been pretty uh, pretty positive so far, Aid, from from. Uh, what your friend was saying um, uh, yeah and he said uh yes he said he was he was enjoying it and martin should know because he has tried many instax mm -hmm. cameras and i think he has some polaroids as well so uh and in fact actually my was it my lomo mini instax camera mm -hmm. whatever that one's called um i actually bought from him because he'd he'd upgraded to something else like the automat or something like that and uh, so i bought his old one off him so uh so he he's been through quite a few uh, instant cameras um and so if he says it's it, it's an all right one then he's probably telling the truth excellent oh well that's that's good to know. <clears throat> uh yes yes i think uh, his twitter handle is uh western 30 so uh yes uh and I, I he's one of the people that i met on a, on a photo walk through london last year in fact he was one of the organizers of that actually so uh, um, yes anyway moving on moving on moving on uh we have because we've got uh ooh, a, a good collection of listener emails to get through today um so uh, let's see where we start. Shall we start with Christopher Abella? 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 I'm not entirely sure of the pronunciation. I'm sorry if I've done that wrong. He says, hi there. I've recently discovered your podcast and I'm only up to episode 16. Whoa. <laughs> which, means I'm in, which means I'm in 2016 and you were probably in January 2018 by now. Well, we are certainly as we, as we read this email. <laughs> He might, want, he might want to listen to them backwards. That might help. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we didn't have... And you're advantage. back now, by the way. Sorry to interrupt you, but you're back. That whole time, I've not been here. So there was a bit about Martin Smith, and I wasn't I wasn't there. Oh. I, oh never mind. So sorry. I'm just <laughs> no, interrupting and making making this even worse, aren't I? It's, sorry. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> Keep up, Hamish. Keep up. <laughs> Like, the nice thing about this is I've both I would have both been on the show and get to listen to it as if I haven't. <laughs> this is true. Well, we're currently in the middle. 
yeah, of doing an email from uh, from the listeners at yes, the moment. But he's a listener who's still only on episode shut sixteen, up, so up, he's 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 dragging behind as well. Anyway, he says, I don't know what it's like in the future. For all I know, the zombie apocalypse has happened, and you aren't receiving this email. Well, um, not quite, not quite. But uh, who knows? He says, I wanted to say thanks for the great work you are doing. Blimey, and you're only on episode sixteen, and he thinks we're great. Imagine how good he'll think you when he gets up to date. <laughs> <laughs> I've recently returned to film after nearly 20 years of shooting digital and putting together a blog which displays some of my 35mm and medium format work. There is some digital stuff on there, but not much. Anyway, it's great to listen to your podcast, which is massively helping to rekindle my love of film, shooting, developing and printing. Oh, OK. Blimey. Well done. And uh, he says, my blog. Uh, right. So he, I'm going to have to spell this out. Uh, www.tetiwoo.com dot blogspot.com no you might want to spell that (laughs) (laughs) well uh it's t-e-t-y-w-u tettywoo.blogspot.com i'm sure graham will put it in the show well oh sorry dot k.uk although blogspot is one of those ones where if you log on from a different country it'll come up as a dot com so i think you'll probably be all right uh kindness regards chris well hey chris thank you very much for your email uh you know it's uh i'm very pleased that you're enjoying the show um even back in those early days when it was just me and graham struggling to figure out which way was up um uh, i promise you we're by the time you get to hear this in late 2020 uh, we're much better (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well you say that and then uh it, we listen to the shambles that it's been <laughs> this show. oh dear anyway with hamish popping in and out and graham disappearing off and breaking things and anyway but okay. yeah it's lovely to hear from i've been here for a good couple of minutes now it's, it's good. have you really oh okay <laughs> yeah yeah a solid couple of minutes of hearing both of you talking it's nice Goodness. excellent good stuff ah. all right then so rachel over to you for the next email okay from- so i Yes, so our next email is from Joe Fatty. Um, Joe says, I want to be in the challenge, but if I buy a new camera in the doghouse, I go. I already have a Pentax 110, hoping that you'll let me use that one instead. Love the show. From me to you, you to me. <laughs> okay, Thanks. so I, I hereby uh, approve that, right? Approve? Bit, since, since I'm shooting with a Pentax 110. Well, Pentax Yeah, because um, my original Cheap Shots camera it broke. broke. It was yeah, a Voigtlander yes. Candy Bar 110. Um, and uh, so now I'm shooting with a Pentax Auto 110, a 110 SLR, smallest SLR in the world, probably, <gasps> maybe. <laughs> Wonderful. So that means that my name is Aidan. I approve this message. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. There you go, Joe. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> go for it, Joe. Glad to have you as part of the competition. Well. <clears throat> Challenge. Challenge. <laughs> Sorry, I, I keep getting overwhelmed by the fact that even though he's not on the show at this moment, Graham is so competitive, I can feel his vibes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> From the Hamish, other end of the country. Hamish, do you have a uh, camera? Are you going to be taking part in our Cheap Shots Challenge? Uh, I, I had considered it, actually. I was thinking about this um, whenever it was most recently. Was it last show that you started going on? About last it? week, yes. I've got a, um, I've got a, a Ricoh FF uh, seventy ninety mm. FF ninety or seventy, which has got um, a plastic thing that clips on the front, which I've got like, like a macro thing that clips onto that, and 
it's so cool it's not cool it's <laughs> it's really cool it's so ace um, and i feel like i need an excuse to um to use it so yeah i think i might uh, um i might just uh, i might just give it a go you might have to prod me and remind me because okay yeah well yeah. We, uh, for those listeners who who may be missed... prodded by the merit of listening to this and having well, exactly. you guys go on about it well really for those who didn't hear it last week um what we're doing is we're opening it up from now until the end of march and the cheap shots challenge means that it's basically about choosing a camera um buying a new one if you can um for under 20 pounds or 20 dollars or something like that it has to be the camera and film within that price um just basically to show that you don't need a big fancy camera in order to take some fun interesting uh, terrible and also wonderful photos um what we're looking at this time is the new theme is sports or some kind of physical activity apparently according to graham um because we realized with it being january february time um we may not have the light uh, in the uk anyway to be able to uh, to capture much um uh sports wise um that well so uh, so he opened it up to be more like a physical activity of some description and hula hooping was mentioned i'm sure that there are other things that people might uh, might want to use instead as well so uh, so yeah so uh, if you've got any thoughts on Hamish, um, if you've got any thoughts on Hamish, if you've got any thoughts, <laughs> Hamish, as to what you might be shooting, I don't know if we're going to watch any sport at some point soon or <laughs> have any ideas. <laughs> Zero interest in sport. Um, this is my issue. I was just trying to think, what am I going to go and see and actually be able to shoot? Um, hence physical, why we opened it up to physical activity. Yes. Physical activity in my world is basically standing up in the morning and then not clapping. <laughs> <laughs> until the end of the day so i think this is what graham was worried yeah. about for those of us that don't watch a lot of sport or or, or that who, whose cheap shot challenge cameras simply won't cope with sport i, I think which reminds me actually that I, I think um it is time for me to to uh, to publish both an error and uh, and a correction and uh, possibly an apology as well um, because it turns out that um in in my haste and in my excitement to talk about the cheap shots challenge last week uh, i may perhaps have inadvertently uh, uh, referred to to our friend Dave as a perhaps a friend of the show. Um, clearly, that was not what I meant. And if you're listening out there this week, Dave, I am very, very sorry. Um, if you are, of course, a friend of the show. Um, and uh, it's about time we had you on because you haven't been on since about show 10. So, <laughs> so uh, maybe you could uh, uh, come on the show, Dave, soon. And uh, let's see what, let's see. Uh, maybe we could talk about Cheap Shots Challenge and please do join in. Okay. Um, so that's my error and correction and apology. <laughs> I'm very sorry, Dave. Uh, are you going to take the next one, Aid? Why not? Why not? So we have an email. Uh, next email is from Rob Poole, who says, Hi, guys. As you may know, I run a small website. One of my favorite things to do on it is to showcase the work of photographers who have caught my eye. Last month, you kindly gave me a mention regarding my interview with Jacob Murphy, who has a zine out about New York, which you really should check out. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't think. Mm -hmm. uh, this month is the turn of Wes Bowler, a police officer from Nashville and medium format film photographer. His interview is up on my site now, and 
and he'd appreciate it and i'd appreciate it if you could point your listeners towards it well absolutely rob uh, we would be very pleased to so listeners uh, rob's website is www.robertpoolphotography.com uh, uh, where pool is spelt p-o-o-l-e robertpoolphotography.com um actually i think i heard uh, an interview with wes um uh, on the analog talk podcast recently as well um he's got a fantastic nashville accent i love it <laughs> <laughs> you mean there's um, another film photography podcast i know that never really catch on. <laughs> <laughs> we're so still the uk's <laughs> the ones that cheated in the uh, in your what's the name of the awards the sunnies of course <laughs> yeah cheat i heard all about cheat. that <laughs> <laughs> they didn't cheat. Um, okay, so thank you. Rallied, much, they rallied people, didn't they? It's that yes, rallying yeah. of rallying of votes. You're sounding a bit bitter there, Hamish. Will you tell <laughs> us? Is it? Is you, are you not feeling good about the result of the Sunnies Awards? Then Hamish tied for uh, it's for a, place, didn't you? It's only that. It's, only, it's actually yeah, what happened between what happened between um, it, the, the 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 bunch of us that tied and the, that that guy who won. I don't really mind. It's the guy who won. I've got problems with. I mean. Jeez. <laughs> I could have guessed that. I could have guessed you were going to say something like that. <sighs> so, unbelievable. Yeah. Is it terrible? Of course, they'd vote for him, but, you know, apart from that. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's go. Uh, uh, next, and, and actually our last email, Rach, over to you. Oh, okay. Yes. So, our last one, uh, our last email this week is from Neil Piper. Um, and uh, neilpiper.com forward slash blogging a dead horse is his site he says hi guys i thought i'd drop you a quick line and tell you my process for making pinholes we did actually discuss this uh, last week so he's he's picking up the um the baton and running with that for us which is good um he says you need a piece of thin tin a coke can or similar is ideal a pin a set of micro drill bits and some light grit sandpaper the drill bit is oh hang on um the drill bit is used to make the pinhole but uh, oh, hang on. Sorry, I I think there's been some slight um, confusion over have, how this how this is written. We might have copied this into the notes wrongly. <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. Uh, right. Okay. The drill bit isn't used to make the pinhole, but rather to test the size later. That makes sense, doesn't it? Um, these can be bought in many sizes. Take the square of tin and gently gently press the pin onto the surface. As Rachel said, a self healing cutting mat is ideal to do this on. Press very lightly and you'll start to notice a high spot on the reverse of the tin. Take your sandpaper and sand this high spot until it's gone. Again, press the pin, creating another high spot and then sand. Repeat the process and eventually you'll create a tiny pinhole. Sanding the metal obviously makes it thinner and through testing, I found that there is a correlation between the thinness of the metal and the sharpness of the image. If you take your micro drill bit and try and pass it through the hole, Keep sanding and using the pin until you pass your drill bit through the hole. Then you'll know that you've got a pretty accurate pinhole size and shape. Um, he says, hope this is of some help to people. And as Graham mentioned, a ruler is perfectly fine for working out your focal length. The distance from pinhole to film plane is the important one. You can use mrpinhole.com to do the maths. 
and there's a lot of explanation there. Also, the Pinhole Assist app does it as well. Thanks, guys, and hopefully, possibly, as mentioned to Graham, I may catch you all at the NEC in March. So that'll be lovely. It'll be really nice to see you there um, at the photography show. I'm, I'm presuming he means at the photography show. Um, I, th- I think he does because we met Neil. Actually, Graham and I, Graham and I met Neil and spent uh, a whole chunk of the day with him at the photography show last year. <laughs> which is where we passed like ships in the night, didn't we? We missed each other, we and did. it was about thirty minutes after um, you'd left. I uh, I was like, oh, they've gone. <laughs> So uh, maybe there'll be a wide berth this this year. At least you'll know which side of the uh, NEC I'll be standing. (laughs) Um, For those of our listeners who would also like to perhaps hopefully meet up with us there, uh, we will be there. The Sunbeams will be there on the Sunday, the 18th of March at the photography show at the NEC. And um, I actually had a discount code that you can use if you're still to buy your tickets. And it is... S-U-N-16, that's one six, uh, T-P-S-18, so that's S-U-N-1-6, T-P-S-18, and that will get you £3 off the entry fee. So uh, hopefully every little helps, and uh, that will get you a little bit of a discount on your tickets up until the 14th of March. That will be valid. It's free also if you're um, a professional or a journalist or... Yes. All sorts of other things. Absolutely. So yeah, you can uh, register with your website and uh, professional credentials if uh, if you do that. Obviously for a living, and as Hamish says, it's free for free for that. And if not, you've got a little discount code in order to be able to come along and see us and have a cup of tea and a chat. It's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I know we haven't talked on the show about any details yet, but uh, rest assured, listeners, we are working furiously behind the scenes on the detail <laughs> of our meetup, aren't we, Rach? We sure are. <laughs> yes. And we'll announce that in a hurry about a week before the show. <laughs> Everybody will forget if we do announce it earlier than that. So, uh, I think if anyone seems... wants to meet the most grumpy me that they've probably ever likely to meet, I'll be there on the Monday. All oh, right. What what takes you there on the Monday? You you were just waiting for it to be uh, slightly quieter after the weekend. Yeah, I don't deal with that sort of large groups of people particularly well. <laughs> well, it surprised me as to why you were mentioning this on our on the podcast. <laughs> well, I, you but, know, I, I'd rather see friendly faces than um, you know those hordes of people with their okay. massive penis extension lenses hanging around their necks. So, so the the thirty five MMC meetup is on the monday is it well i'm not going to say meetup but you know if you if you're if i'm there and you tweet me and you know you say i'm by you know let's pick somewhere safe and then i might you know we, i'll come and say hello fair enough can't Make say sure you let a friend know where you're going to be and who you're meeting <laughs> you'll have your own show on mtv soon mate you're <laughs> Actually, Hamish, I did mean to ask because we did mention this last week and I wanted to check that the details were correct with yourself. Um, yeah. You're actually doing a beers and cameras meetup, aren't you, in March as well? Yes. So the, the, it's that Saturday, whatever that is, the 24th. Okay. Um, so it's, it's the actually, following, following weekend then, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's sort of thoroughly oversubscribed already. But oh. um, if you go on, um, if you go on the blog and pro- you probably have to go to kind of page two, um of the you know on the sort of latest stuff thing um there's a you'll see a a black and white picture with beers and cameras written on it if you click on that there's a form at the bottom fill in your details on there and then i'll email you details i think there's about 
40 people said they want to come so far and i think we're probably going to limit it to 30 maybe i don't know um but i, I not obviously not everybody who said they're interested is going to be able to make it anyway but um, and maybe you'll yeah. do some others in future i guess so um yeah, if the details yeah. are there then you've you've maybe got that for for next time yeah definitely well we're gonna i'm gonna i've all i'm organizing it with my mate james and robert who's um uh oh, come London camera from London Camera on? Project. London Camera Project on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um he's starting beers and cameras in, in Birmingham in Birmingham in London. London. <laughs> um so if anybody's interested in going to that, get in touch with him. I'm not sure I'm gonna be able to make it, but get in touch with him. Um because yeah, that that should be pretty good. We did we had a meetup early like last year. Um and then hopefully we're going to start doing more of these things. I'm not sure how, how many more of them, but yeah, a few Fantastic. more. Um, and Richard, who's a brilliant photographer, makes me slightly sick how good he is. It's, uh, yeah, you should get him on, actually. He's, he's really good. Richard PJ Lambert. Ah, right. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I, I follow I follow his work as well. Yes, I know what you mean, Hamish. <laughs> it does make me quite yeah. sick. <laughs> oh. Okay, cool. All right. Yes. Okay. All right. So there we go, everybody. Uh, There is the uh, Cheap Shots Challenge. There is the meetup for Sunny 16 at the photography show. And there is the beers and cameras as well the following weekend. Uh, That's quite a good events calendar coming up in the next few weeks. Is it any other events we can advertise while we're here? Um, If you're not down in. in Birmingham, doing Hamish's uh, beers and cameras uh, meetup. Unfortunately, the same you mean, day. Do you mean up in Birmingham? No, uh, it, well, no. It depends on where you are, doesn't it? In the country. Okay, if you're not I'm, in I'm Birmingham, really this one up. Birmingham's up. <laughs> oh God! Oh jeez, I forget. I'm the only Northerner on here at the minute. Right. So, if you're not in Birmingham, in order to catch Hamish on the 24th of March, also on the 24th of March in Liverpool, which is why I can't be in Birmingham um I'm going to be there with Rosie um my my caravan um I'll have her set up as the caravan obscura so if you're around up in Liverpool or somewhere north uh, of Birmingham then uh, then please feel free to to come along to the young make fest because that's going to be happening in Liverpool on that same day so um for those who aren't around um or maybe who can't get a space on her, on your massively over oversubscribed um beers and cameras <laughs> if you want to take you sound a... like i was being smug about it. i wasn't being smug about it yeah you were <laughs> <laughs> um then you can take the train up to liverpool instead and come and hang out with me and rosie <laughs> that sounds yeah. good that sounds like fun as well yes definitely so, um we should probably check with hamish about the um the shilling that uh, graham was mentioning i'm yeah. only joking it's not <laughs> it's not really that but you should definitely mention this before we close the show. So talk yeah, to us about well, this, Hamish. <clears throat> yeah, I, I haven't really got as far as I wanted to with it because I need I need assistance from the guys at work um, to add something to my website to make it work. But I'm and they're ridiculously busy at the moment. But I've I've got this gold lens, and it is not quite as bling as it sounds, but it's fairly bling. Um, there's te- so seven artisans, you know. I won't go on about it. Um, they do 50 mil 1.1. They made 10 of these gold lenses. I've got two of them. One is um, currently on the front of my MA looking 
super bling um, and the other one is in a box at work i am going to auction um the one at work um for charity um i'd like to raise some more money for there's a local um hostel that has a creative group and i'd like to raise a little bit more money for them with raised a little bit more a little bit of money in, in the past for them i'd like to raise a bit more so uh yeah so i'm going to auction it and the yeah the the the, the profits will go to um will go to that charity that sounds but, great that sounds great so how how would one access this auction well the idea um this is the thing because i can't i'm my ability to do technical things on my website is small um i need the guys at work to set up because i was going to do it on ebay but i don't really want to give ebay a cut to be honest so um i think my current feeling is i'm going to do a blind auction um on my website on the shop so it'll be an item a shop item um, and people won't be able to see what other people have bid Mm -hmm. so they'll just put a bid in if you see what i mean um the thing that i haven't quite worked out is i want to give I might just give all the money to the charity. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't quite worked. I haven't quite worked out what I'm doing with it yet. But but yeah, basically, it'll be a blind auction on on 35 MMC forward slash shop, and I'll let everybody know when it's up, and you guys can you guys can shout about it for me when I've actually got my ass in gear. I had <laughs> intentions of doing it because um, it's my sort of two things that it, statistics wise, the, the blog has just gone over two million page views in the last. 365 days if that makes any sense that, cool. that deserves a round of applause congratulations well done congratulations well done um and it's also going to be in may it'll be the fifth year of the or i'll turn the, the blog will turn five on may the 19th oh, and so um i sort of thought that i would do it in may and i thought ages well so then there's this big number happened and then i thought i'd do it when that happens and then yeah, everybody's busy at work, so it's just not happened yet. <laughs> but I'll get, I'll get around to it. So this was when we originally spoke about me coming on the show. This was going to be the thing that's ah, oh, come and bid for this thing. Then it'll all be yes. brilliant, and I haven't. I just haven't got my arm here yet. So, so yeah, it will happen. It just hasn't happened yet. So it's advance notice. It's yes. advance notice, and the, 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 just a, a point of note: the the the, 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 the St Paul's the hostel. Um, it was the thing I didn't really put enough on the blog about it. Um, but at the top, you know what it's it's a bit i don't know it just feels a bit weird banging on about that sort of thing but um the, the we i did a little project where i i got um ilford to um do us some discount cameras discount uh, disposable cameras which we gave to some of the residents of the hostel um and i got to know a few of them and they're just like the soundest group of people um who aren't in you know the greatest position in their lives so they you know it just feels like it's just nice they basically they're, they're within the hostel there's this little creative group and um they're all there because they want to use creativity to as a, as a sort of a, a, a form of therapy i suppose um so and they but they they need you know they need funds to do stuff so so yeah that's what it's for Sounds great. Sounds like a very worthy cause. And uh, we will be absolutely happy to promote your auction uh, as and when you you get it up and running. Cool. Thank you. No problem at all. No problem at all. I think uh, that that brings us to the end of this week's show. Unless either of you have anything else that you'd like to talk about. 
think I'm good. I think we managed to cover most of it. Um, oh, I should say that Sinead makes an amazing millionaire shortbread, so uh, she did a wonderful <laughs> job. <laughs> and thank you very much again to her. And um, oh, just finally to say how wonderful the exhibition at the Open Eye Gallery is. Um, so if anybody is around up north, um, they should definitely go and check out Tom Wood's work uh, there. It's sort of social documentary um, kind of uh, kind of imagery. Um, really interesting, and it was lovely to meet up very briefly and um, sort of informally uh, with uh, with the chaps that we did when they were here. So that was great. Cool, good stuff. All right, well there we go then. That is this week's show done and dusted. Uh, we like to say thanks every week to Chris at the Pixelated Photographer for hosting our show. Uh, you can find Graham on Instagram under the tagline Sunny Sixteen Podcast, of course. Uh, me on Twitter, Rach on Facebook, and you can email us Sunny Sixteen Podcast at gmail.com uh, we also of course say thank you to Rocha Rachel's band uh, every week for promises I should have kept which you can get off their album on Spotify album or Spotify Amazon or iTunes um, which I think leaves me with just one thing to do which is to say thank you very much to Hamish hope you've enjoyed yourself <laughs> so I've actually sort of been here if you know what I mean it's been great <laughs> <laughs> I think well, we've enjoyed, to find we've enjoyed better technology yeah. <laughs> I, hope I, didn't, I hope I didn't interrupt too much when it was all going a bit weird and I started waffling at you. I'm sure, I'm sure Graham will edit it uh, with consummate professionalism. <laughs> to be fair, it wouldn't be Hamish's show without that. So, you know. <laughs> a bunch of my crap. <laughs> it's good to have you on the show, mate. Good to speak to you. I haven't been on the show the last couple of times you've been on, I think. So it's yeah, good to catch you. You haven't, good. have you? That's no, no. Well, you know, I've been travelling and just different and other stuff. So, uh, yeah, no, it's been good to catch up. Uh, Rach, thank you very much to you as well also. Um, and I think that's everything for this week. It's been a pleasure to talk to you all. Um, and we'll speak to you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Cheers. It's funny, actually, when you look at it in the show notes, it says badly dressed photog from Worcestershire and unremarkable. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you and your porn aid. I don't remember there being any porn on my other podcast. Yeah, I would definitely tune in. It was the end of the episode, and you were like, oh, well, well done for uh, for managing to squeeze that in there, Chris. I've cancelled my Adobe subscription. That was a (gasps) short-lived love affair. Blubbered heck, it was short-lived. What happened to your storing everything in Lightroom Cloud thing thing that you were doing? Yeah. Uh, it turned out to be bollocks. <laughs> <laughs>